You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everybody, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky want to let you know today's episode brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Uh, a lot we want to get to today. Got the mailbag open at Brothers at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email at Brothers on Twitter, if you want to do it that way, um, Andy. But um, the news... The big news is uh, out of Dallas. Um, Isn't it always these days? It is. It does seem to be. Um, so the Mavericks, who let go of Donnie Nelson and uh, mutually parted ways with uh, Rick Carlisle. Um, they had a conscious they, uncoupling. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> As Gwynny and uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay had. It's no, no, no sign whether or not either one of them have started in on that goop diet, but uh, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> um, Neither like steam in their uh, private parts. It, look, it looks like the uh, Mavericks. <laughs> that we know of, that we're not reporting it one no. way or the other. I mean, and no, and, and this, and no judgments. This is a judgment-free zone. No, I'm judging. <laughs> I'm totally judging. Yeah. Okay. The steaming, Fair. I'm judging. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I am going to say I don't have thoughts. <laughs> I'm just saying that I, I, I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> for a multitude of reasons <laughs> well right but, but i'm just saying it's like i don't i can't say for sure that it's a good idea or a bad idea i consider my myself point. brian largely a very non-judgmental person this particular mm -hmm. case judging oh well yeah, you gotta do you gotta draw the line somewhere everybody's got a breaking point <laughs> hot talk um, <laughs> i see what you did there i know it's pretty clever <laughs> All right, um, but the, the first bit of news there, which is is interesting on a couple levels, the, the Mavericks seem to be close to hiring Nico Harrison, who's a Nike executive, to fill their president of basketball operations uh, gig, which to me is, I don't, I mean, well-respected around the league. Obviously, if you're uh, uh, that high up at Nike, you've got a lot of good relationships, reportedly one with uh, Luka Doncic. Um He's been recruited by teams before. It's kind of this trend, though, I think, Andy, that's an extension of what the Lakers did with Rob Palenka bringing in an agent to be their um, GM, president of basketball ops, whatever his title is, Leon Rose in New York. Like the, the places, because of the evolution of the job, really, I think the places teams are looking to find talent to run a front office is just very different than it was. I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. The idea that Rob Palenka would have been hired to be the GM of a team like the Lakers 20 years ago is no, it absolutely would not have happened. So, you know, Nico Harrison seems like he's an evolution of that. You know, it's funny, Brian, that, that you say that when, when this happened, uh, that the news broke about Harrison, the first thing that popped into my head was you can draw a direct line from Sonny Vaccaro to mm -hmm. Nico Harrison. Like in terms of just the evolution of influence with sneaker culture, just on basketball itself, but then like the relationships, the steaming genitals, like all of it, it all ties together. <laughs> yeah. No, that one actually no. I didn't. No, okay. <laughs> but but 
that that I thought that was interesting though, because it, it wasn't necessarily that long ago that somebody like Sonny Vaccaro was considered this complete outsider and like you know this rebel force that you know a lot of people had issues with. Like it just it it felt to me like there is that line. You know, it's a it's a long straight line, but it's a line from Vaccaro to uh, Nico uh, Nico Hamilton. <laughs> Harrison, um, Harrison the, you're distracted by the genitals. I get it. Um, <laughs> the the uh, the other half of the news, which is really more relevant, I think, even to Lakers fans, is that Jason Kidd is considered. I mean, I don't want to say it's a done deal, but everybody seems to be thinking that it's going to happen. That Jason Kidd, who we've talked about for the last week and a half or so, as a guy who does not seem long for Frank Vogel's staff, is going to be the head coach in Dallas. Um, before we get to what this does to Frank Vogel's staff and how the Lakers might go about replacing him, one thing that I think is crazy about this is, you know, for all the, you know, it's, I guess, the the third homecoming for, for Jason Kidd in Dallas. I admit, Andy, you, you know, we have a specific circle we run in. I'm not, like, deep into Mavs Twitter, but, like, where we do have access to people who opine over these sorts of things – there does not seem to be a lot of excitement at the idea of Jason Kidd becoming the next head coach of the Mavericks. Well, I mean, if you're looking at this from the perspective of the X's and O's, or if you're looking at this from the perspective of character and what somebody seems to be like away from the game, uh, there are issues or questions, concerns with Kidd. I mean, there, it, it really speaks to the power of having built up respect from players around the league. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, when you look at the Mavericks organization, you've got Dirk Nowitzki uh, brought back as part of the organization. Michael Finley is part of the organization, you know, and, and Damian Lillard had openly lobbied for yes. kid, kid to become the, the head coach of Portland. Like it actually makes you wonder, like if he had not done that publicly, I wonder if kid might have found that job more appealing. It is a difficult spot where like the star of the team is lobbying says, I want you because no coach wants to, feel like they were picked by the player, uh, puts them in an odd spot. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that yeah, happened. And, and, you know, the the Lakers clearly saw LeBron and, and Jason Kidd's relationship as critical when they were looking to basically hire Frank Vogel's staff for him. And they very clearly saw Jason Kidd as, if nothing else, like a safety blanket, uh, you know, a uh, security blanket in case things went south with Vogel. But like, you know, there's there's those character concerns that we talked about, the past domestic violence issues, the DUI, which is especially notable considering the expose that came out a few years ago with the Mavericks about them right. being this culture of toxicity. They've had all kinds of stuff. Right. And, and these are issues, by the way, that included misogyny, sexual harassment, and domestic violence with, with people involved with the organization. Kid, as you said, left the organization twice, both times on bad terms. Um, but- it's hard to believe that Luka Doncic is not at minimum okay with this. Sure. And he definitely has buy-in around the league, kid. And yeah, you know, and he, you mentioned that he stuff got matters. It, he got it from LeBron. He got it like those guys were deeply, deeply met. And look, Frank Vogel gave Kid a glowing review. Um, when they when they talked about when he was asked about Kid at his exit interview, um, Vogel was incredibly complimentary. Of of kids' work, uh, his work ethic, his relationships with players, the way he worked with the rest of the staff. I 
you know, we, we talked about this on a show, I think it was last week. Like, I don't have a great answer other than I would be uncomfortable hiring him for my team because I don't know exactly, but I don't know where the line is um, for something like this, for somebody who, again, like, and, and players compartmentalize in the same way that fans do and whatever. Or they, I'm not sure they're that concerned about Jason Kidd's background. Well, I, actually, it's interesting. I mean, I've seen a lot of what seems like Dallas fan reaction on Twitter to people who cover the team when, when they've been tweeting the updates with kid and stuff like that. And it seems like they're not particularly excited about it. If for no other reason than kid does not have a particularly good reputation. I think, I think his, that's yeah. Well, as an X's and O's guy, like that's I, I heard, exactly right. Uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy, one, uh, she, and, uh, she's one of the co-hosts of the Spencer's podcast, really good basketball mm -hmm. podcast that people should check out. And I thought she summed this up really well um, in expressing her misgivings with Kid getting this job. And, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, but she said, you know, we've all come to accept the idea that if you're somebody with talent, talent will typically offset character concerns when it comes to being able to get a job. Like, and right. it's, not sure. it's not necessarily the way things should work, but it's the way things do work. Jason Kidd has not shown the talent as a head coach that makes all of these other things seem worth offsetting. Yeah. And that's where yeah, it stands with him. As much as people mock Mike Budenholzer uh, and, you know, his constant griping about his adjustments to the playoffs, uh, Milwaukee got a lot better with, I think, if I remember correctly, borderline basically the same team when he replaced kids. So I, I, I do think that most of the, 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 trepidation among Dallas people about kid probably as, as much to do with that. If, you know, from a fan standpoint, as it is, uh, his background, let's, let's get next to let's, let's, let's turn back to the Lakers, um, and what this does for Vogel staff and how the Lakers might go about replacing Jason Kidd. Cause as you mentioned, Andy, he filled a very large role on that roster and had, uh, you know, had LeBron's ear, had a lot of respect uh, among the guys who matter on the Lakers roster. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Bars covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. Not like the ones. They know who they are. They're a bunch of deadbeat protein bars. They taste awful, man. Like just, ugh. but Built Bars, they're healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, but you still want something that tastes great, little treat for yourself, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for keto diets. They've got awesome flavors like the originals, including coconut almonds, salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors like cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream. They are awesome for somebody like me who just loves really interesting, cool, unique flavor combinations. You're never going to get bored eating the same thing over and over, particularly something that is hard to chew and tastes awful to eat with Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So the Lakers have a situation now where they they can replace Jason Kidd on their staff. And now you look, they've still got Lionel Hall. There's no shortage of guys with some juice on that roster, players who can step in and be a head coach for a game or two or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but they have an opportunity to replace Jason Kidd. And the context to me, Andy, is what is so interesting about the choice that they're going to have to make. Because when Kidd was hired, 
like you said before in the first segment, it was essentially as Vogel insurance. It was he was there as the guy they could bring in just in case things didn't go well. Or the well, guy who would just take Vogel's job. Right. Exactly. And the Lakers would look the other way as it was happening. I, we just it didn't work. We need we we didn't know where to we didn't know where to turn Andy. And so we turned to the guy that we hired just in case we had to fire the guy that we hired. Um <laughs> we turned just, to the guy that we hired to replace the guy that we hired. Right. How this happened, we don't know exactly. But I, I here I was, I was steaming my genitals, and all of a sudden <laughs> I needed to hire a coach, and I just picked the first guy because Look, man, I was on the hot seat. Life <laughs> is full of twisting, turning <laughs> mysteries. That can just, be, you know, it, it's not worth sometimes trying to get into the weeds of how stuff no. happened. You just have to accept the As things Homer that are Simpson in front of you. said to, to Bart, we could uh, sit here and argue all day about who forgot to pick up who. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, but the, the context though now is is very different because Frank Vogel is not going anywhere. The Lakers presumably will will find a a contract extension for him this offseason. Um, he is established. He's going to be the head coach, presumably for the next few years. They don't need a guy anymore to be a head coach in waiting. So that changes the deal. The, on the other hand, the role that kid played as a respected guy who played respected veteran dude, who's been on the sidelines and all that kind of stuff also has value. And either this is before you get to, um, you know, do you want an offensive guy, a defensive guy, a veteran, like all that stuff. They, they have some choices that they could make in what could be an appealing job, assuming they're willing to pay for it. Where would you look on that spectrum for Jason Kidd's replacement on Bogle's staff? You know, it's funny. I, I actually would look more towards the offense, you know, or when you had said before, like before you even get into that, I, I would feel like at this point, if Frank Vogel doesn't have that buy-in, you know, from LeBron, from AD, the two guys who really matter, without Jason Kidd being there, then ultimately he doesn't have the buy-in. Like, mm -hmm. like if Jason, if Jason Kidd was in some way reassurance to those two guys with what Vogel wanted to do, then Vogel still has a lot of things that he needs to work out regardless of who you bring in there. So assuming that that is not an issue, I would look for somebody that really is good at loosening up an offense, finding mm -hmm. different ways to make it more creative. Somebody who might be able to solve this riddle of what do you do in those 10 minutes a game where LeBron doesn't play, the 15 minutes a game where he is not on the floor. Well, but, but, but even next year, I mean, we, when we had Jeff Stotts on, uh, on Thursday's show, broke it down. You know, like he expects LeBron to be healthy next year, that he'll be fine. Sure. But... The last two seasons do indicate Father Time starting to catch up a little bit. If LeBron gets hurt, at the very least, he seems to stay hurt longer. I mean, look, man, I don't you care. Know, I don't care. A guy who could all, a, a guy, I mean, just, I, the only reason I say this is because there is the presumption that when you have LeBron, like that's the system. Your system is LeBron. And that's true, but there may be an even greater need to try to find ways to lighten that. And so a, a, an offensive-minded coach, you know, a creative, a very creative offensive coach could help with that. Not even just the moments that LeBron's on, on the whole deal. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't care how optimistic Jeff Stotts is about LeBron's return next season. He ain't going to play 48 minutes. I mean, he, he's definitely going to be off the court at some point. You know, I, I think they need to find uh, at times more creative ways to use AD, uh, use AD you know, the, the way he's implemented on the floor. Like, yep. I, I think these are, these are things that it's become clear with Vogel's time with the Lakers. But also, if you, if you look at even the really successful teams he had in Indiana – they were never great offensive teams. They were always defense first, often elite defense teams. And that's great. But man, that also puts a lot of pressure on a team. Like that that becomes really difficult over the course of an entire 82 games plus the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you know who you know who would agree with you significantly? Sixers fans. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. mean, because that that essentially is the problem with Ben Simmons. It's it's not that. You know, can you win with Ben Simmons? Oh, yeah, sure. He's a really good player. You have to put him around the brim. And when you are that bad offensively, you have to be just, you know, you have to be lights out in every way on defense. And that is a difficult thing to sustain. It's not that defense don't win championships, whatever, but you, I mean, you can't make it so you cannot make a mistake defensively and expect to and and expect to win and that's essentially where the Lakers kind of were last year is they were just so bad offensively that they leaned on their defense in impractical ways even for a defensive minded coach with a defensive ethic with the belief that defense wins championships it's not sustainable yeah it's interesting I, I was listening to a Lakers film room podcast with our friends Pete and Darius and Mike and they they brought up a theory that I thought I hadn't thought about before, but I definitely think could have some validity. That some of the outside shooting woes the Lakers have beyond just they've never really had a lot of just knockdown established season after season snipers on the team. The the type of defense that they play can actually just deaden your legs. Like it is so damn hard to play that level of intense defense yeah, you're right. over the course of an entire season. There, there's going to be a toll paid, and the, and the toll may just be coming in guys' legs, and that is at least a reason, perhaps, that the outside shooting for this team has not been good or consistent the last couple of years. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, names like, you know, Terry Stotts is a, is a name that people throw out there because he's, you know, uh, runs a very, you know, he's run good offenses in the past and this and that. He's available because Portland let him go, and I, I, I don't know if he's going to land somewhere else um in this in this offseason or not but i will say like the the luxury that the lakers have is they don't have to go get terry stotts they you know because he's kind of a made guy or you know uh you know a well-established coach who can be the next guy they can go get a really good offensive mind somebody who's a career assistant and as long as, I mean, it needs to be somebody who's well-respected, who has LeBron's uh, respect, who has AD's respect and all that, but it does not have to be a guy that the average basketball fan knows really well. And that that does open up options for them. And I mean, it should be a pretty appealing job around the league, I would think. Well, and Brian, I mean, this was a team that before everybody got hurt, they they looked like they could make another run to the finals and maybe defend their title. It's a reminder, too. Today yeah, on the road to the go. finals, nice. our NBA playoffs coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. I enjoy these sex. And at 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, we can all 
enjoy the games a little more this season. Um, let's open up the mailbag, Andy, because people send us mail at Brothers at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us tweets at Brothers if you are unwilling to learn how to spell Kamenetsky. Um, so we'll do that next. Got a really interesting question about Montrez Harrell as we kind of dive into our, uh, I don't know what you want. It's not report cards, but player deep dives. We'll look at, at Trez next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by bet online, bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball seasons in full swing. You can track all the action at bet online this week. Tons of sports action on the go. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams are neck deep in the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's open up the mailbag here. Uh, this from the Gmail account, uh, Brothers at gmail.com from Norman Ian Karnick. Thanks for sending in the, the note. Uh, reminder, send us stuff. Leave us comments on the iTunes page too as well. We check that. Uh, Locked on Lakers at iTunes to try to uh, get some questions we can use on the show. Always want your reviews and your questions there. Well, we uh, want your five-star reviews. You can leave us a five-star review and then say we're awful. We don't care. But it's true. very important that you leave the five-star. We will leave, We will read your crappy comment. Just, just ripping Oh, I tweeted us. out the guy who said that we yeah. are causing him physical pain. Yeah, except He that hates guy, us though. so much. And I, I, right, my point is I tweeted that out anyway, and it was like a two-star review. I mean, this See, is... I, we were causing him physical pain just by talking. He See, hates I us think, so much. I think you made a big mistake with that, Brian, because his his rating was too low. I don't care what he said. Again, give us a five-star review. You can say the worst things about us possible. I don't care. <laughs> Algorithms. It's all about the algorithms. Um, a queers from Normandy and Karnick. I'm a bit perplexed as to why he, meaning Montres Harold, doesn't seem to play defense well. I would have thought he could defend fours or big threes on the outside. Oddly, uh, Drummond, when he doesn't park himself in purgatory, is more mobile than I expected. And while nobody wants Drummond switching to guards, it's far more, it's far less totally abysmal than I would have expected. In Trez's case, however, I pictured him developing much more under D uh, Vogel than he did defensively. Possibly practices would have made a huge difference, but it also feels like he exceeds his abilities in the paint, but is a huge disappointment in covering folks more his size on the outside. Montres Harrell as a defender is a, is a fascinating question because it's kind of a an extension of Montres Harrell, the player. <laughs> I mean, he is a guy, I looked at it this year, Andy, his numbers were... the just as good really as they were on a pretty per 36 minute basis with the Clippers. His defensive numbers were a little bit better in some ways. His rebounding numbers were a little bit better in some ways. Um, but in the end, the Lakers still felt like he was unplayable defensively in the playoffs. Um, so let's start with that. Let's start with the defense. Why isn't he a better defender than he is? He obviously works hard. He cares. I think I think when it comes to him as a center, he's just too undersized to really be effective as a defensive center. I mean, even as a backup center, he's usually surrendering size. And he's not somebody like, remember Chuck Hayes, 
who was just so damn he was strong. A, he was a tree stump. You right. couldn't, well, you could go over him, but you can't move him. Right, exactly. And he at least had that going for him in trying to defend guys bigger than him. Montrezl Harrell doesn't have that. I mean, you know, he's just, he's not strong like that. He isn't a long enough guy defensively. He just, he's always going to be surrendering a lot when he's defending in the paint. And it doesn't really matter the effort because like you said, I think he puts it in. It's He just doesn't have the the physical capabilities to do it. And then in terms of being switched out or, or having some assignment along the perimeter, I, I don't think his instincts are great. When, I mean, to be fair, he did not do it a ton over the course of this year. I mean, he was used basically exclusively as a backup five. He did not play often with somebody who would be defensively the five in those type of lineups. You know, things will happen over the course of a game, but that's not what he did primarily even a little bit. But the times when he did do it, I just, I don't think he has great defensive instincts for when he's supposed to be rotating over, you know, some of the things that he's supposed to be doing. I, it just didn't look like it was there. Yeah. And it should, it should be noted. I mean, I, I agree with you basically, but I, I, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he'll take charges, a lot of charges. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's, it's not a lack of interest or effort, but like defense at the NBA level is really, really hard. And for whatever reason, between the, you know, maybe some, some instincts that aren't perfect and then the size question, um, when it gets into a playoff and, and players' weaknesses can be exploited in the ways that they can in the playoffs, um, it, it, it gets hard to play him. But that, lar- that, that larger question, though, too, of like, did Montrez Harrell have a good season? I think he did. I mean, if, certainly if you just look straight by by straight numbers, um, you know, on a, on a per hundred you know basis, his offensive rating was the second best that he's had in his career. His defensive rating was the best that he's had in his career. Um, his rebound rate was up. You know, some of the offensive numbers were a little bit down, which you would expect on a team with LeBron and AD. If you go back, Andy, to that um, that March run that he had, thirteen games. Uh, 19 and a half points a game, eight rebounds, you know, playing almost 30 minutes a night. I actually think that explains his bad April to some degree, being leaned on that much. You know, February and March, he was really good. Um, it's it's hard to for me to find a ton of fault in what Trez did, and I'm still not entirely sure I think the Lakers can bring him back. Well, you know, I mean, it's, unless it's he chooses to. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I, Trez, in his exit interview, because he's got a player option for next season, he sounded like a guy that doesn't want to come back, but may already may realize to. he has to come back because he's not going to be able to get on the open market what he suspected he'd be able to get when right. he signed his original contract. But, you know, but I'm just saying, setting that stuff aside, it's like I, I, he didn't do anything wrong. But no. I don't know if it worked. Like, and I thought it was going to be a good idea, and in some ways it did. I mean, in some ways there were there were a lot of nights where, as a regular season player, and the regular season people matters. It matters how you support LeBron and AD, and with whom, and how many minutes, and how many points you can give those guys, so they don't have to do as much. Where he performed exactly, yeah, as the Lakers would want him. So, like. I just are you excited at the prospect of Trez? This is something we'll talk about a lot over the over the summer, but 
like, do you want him to re up that, that last year? Would you prefer he not like, I I'm genuinely torn on this one. So at least right now, I mean, if, if I had some type of assurances that LeBron and AD would be able to stay healthy next season in a way that I thought, you know, raised, raised Montrez Harrell's utility in the first place, then yes. Mm-hmm. Because for the first few months of the season, like you said, he did exactly what I thought he was not only expected to do, but also needed to do. Like, you know, ultimately those two guys ended up getting hurt. But, you know, LeBron. Right. And by the way, if it happens again, it doesn't matter what Harold does. Right. And, and Le- you know, LeBron's injury was just bad lucks. You know, Solomon Hill running into him in a way that just, that's a basketball thing. You know, in AD, I will be the first to admit, I underestimated the effect of a shortened offseason combined with the longest playoff run of his entire career, the effects of that yep. heading into this season. I completely underestimated what that would do to him as a player. But in terms of what you would need from a guy in the regular season to help keep everybody fresh, like Montrez Harrell was the equivalent of an innings eater in baseball. And by and large, I thought he did the job well. It's just, it's, do you, it depends a lot, question, it just depends a lot on who else gets somebody, brought back. I right. Mean, and, and can you find, is there another option for somebody out there? And look, ultimately, he didn't even hurt the, the best defense in the league in the regular season. So you, you could play him. You could have a strong defense. You could get them. I mean, I would love, is there somebody conceptually who fills that bill better than him? I don't know. We have to start looking breaking down you know what trades you can make and all that we got time to do that over the summer it just this was evaluating everything on the Lakers this year in terms of what worked and what didn't is very hard hard it's a palinka problem big palinka problem because you don't exactly know what to fix with precision um because the stars got hurt you know I made the the, the comparison to a car. It's like, you know, you might have transmission trouble, you know, but you can't tell any of it because your car doesn't have an engine. It's like that, you know, he is part of that big mystery and evaluating whether or not it worked is tricky because I don't think, I think we expected him not to have a big role in the playoffs and we were cool with that. All you can say is that during the period where everybody was basically present and account uh, accounted for, Trez worked. You know, I yep. would say and that the team would, worked. Right. I would say that his return is not necessarily a pressing matter one way or the other beyond the finances. Like, you know, if he comes back, I think he can be useful again. If he doesn't come back, you know, I think that there are bigger problems this team will have either way. But <laughs> again, it's always the biggest issue that might come from Trez staying. Might be the idea that he's coming back, back he with, has with to, an, not because right, he wants to. exactly, yeah, exactly. With, a, with a negative was, feeling. That's exactly about what I was going to say. So we'll see if he wants to be back. He does not strike me as the kind of guy you want on your roster if he doesn't want to be there. Um, no. All right. So he also doesn't strike me as somebody who's going to be very good at faking it either. No, <laughs> he's a <laughs> he's something that Montrez Harold. No, he is something of uh, an emotional he's an uh, open, open book. book. Yeah, an open book. Um, reminder to people, subscribe to the Locked on Lakers YouTube channel. We have a bunch of stuff go up there this week. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll do clips of the show, pull out individual little uh, uh, items that we think are good, separate stuff that's found only on the YouTube channel uh, that will get up. Also, remind us, uh, a reminder too, 
uh, locker room on Fridays. Spotify Green Room. Mod- right, Spotify Green Room Fridays at noon Pacific. So hopefully before you hear this on Friday, you can remind yourself to join us on Spotify. Uh, and um, I think that's it. I think that's it. We'll see everybody Monday. <laughs>